Downloading verbally committed. Welcome to verbally committed. Well, first of all, what kind of mythical powers does a sun devil have? We've got to consider that. Verbally? Yeah, yeah, you like that one? Let that one soak in for a minute. Committed. Well, what do you think? What kind of questions are? I mean, I'll answer your questions, not your insults. I'm not going to, so quit asking. What else do you want to know? See, I'm bitterly disappointed. Can't make that any more clear. Now, Connor Ryan and Mike Gilligan. committed we are on episode 21 i'm connor ryan and i'm mike gilligan what's going on 21 the 21st episode uh you know what gilly surprisingly for college basketball a very good uh college basketball number which is great for this week's episode because we are going to touch finally on some college basketball i think for the first time since like our first ever episode where we did march what ifness but uh you got tim duncan for Wake Forest, that's like the easy, uh, easy standout. I mean, he's, you know, they should retire 21 across all uh, platforms of basketball in his honor. <laughs> KG, but okay. In terms of true KG, yeah. I obviously, KG you didn't go to college, but I just mean in terms of you giving Duncan the, <laughs> the ultimate, uh, <laughs> I don't know, the Jackie right. Robinson treatment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I did. Um, yeah, for KG, yeah, he didn't go to uh, college though, so he doesn't count. Whereas Tim Duncan did. Uh, Joel Embiid, did he wear 21 at Kansas? I think he did. Let's do some quick looking. I, okay. I wanted to say Tyrus Thomas, but he wore 12 and not 21. So I was ah, so you're mixed up. Yeah, yeah, Embiid wore 21 at Kansas, Wiggins wore 22 that year. Um, and uh, th- this one I-, I looked up actually before the episode started because I thought I remembered and I did correctly. It's not really, I guess, a deep cut, but maybe a deep cut for some. Evan Turner at Ohio State, 21. That is a weird number for him. I feel like that doesn't make sense. Um, no. I don't know. Although, you know what? He was 12 a lot of in his NBA um, days, which makes sense. Like Even as a Celtics, I'm pretty sure he was 12, which adds up. 11, because. 11 uh, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yep. But 21 was taken, obviously, too. Yeah, he was 12 with the Sixers, 11 with the Celtics, and they finally just, like, slimmed it down to number one with the Blazers, Hawks, uh, wherever the hell he is now. Yeah. Marcus Camby, by the way. Shout out to UMass. Another classic, number 21. What was was Jimmy – what was Jimmy Barron? He was 20, wasn't he? He was 20. Uh, Last week. week. Yeah. Yeah, A shout out for him. Although, I I talked about him the week before, I think, uh, and how he – his coaching issues with me. Uh, basketball camp. <laughs> yes, you're uncoachable. Gilly is uh, Gilly is uncoachable. <laughs> I've been uh, called worse, so I'll take it. <laughs> you know what? I you've been called worse by better people. How about that? Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rui uh, Hachimura is a recent one, by the way, in terms of a 21. Okay. All right. Gonzaga. Or Gonzaga, you're right. Yeah. You uh, got the state. <laughs> I got the state right, but the wrong uh, wrong team. I got Are you going to specify right. Spokane, too? Just really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was trying to think maybe Billy Barron, but he he wore number 20 like his brother. What a loser. What a hoser. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> my first <laughs> episode, uh, like we said, um, because we are going to talk a little bit of college basketball, because that is coming up, uh, COVID or no COVID, we, that is coming up. So, you know what? Let, let's start this 21st episode. Since we're on a topic, let's start it off with that here, Gilly, because we'll get to the football here in a second. You know we always do. But uh, you, you, new new thing, you put in a note here, your new segment, 
the corner three Gillies uh, during football season. He'll cover uh, three quick topics in college basketball that's happened recently or past week. So uh, you know what, Gilly, I'm, this is your realm. This is this is why I brought you on a show so you could be the other half. Uh, True. You take, take it away. My time time for me to pull the weight, pull some yeah. weight at least. Um, no. So, I mean, first and foremost, you as a Providence College fan, I think you do have some answering to do. My first, my first point, it's listed third, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up top. Providence College, not in, in URI, the University of Rhode Island, one of the, I, I won't say premier rivalries across the country, but it's decently up there. It's not Duke, North Carolina. I'm not saying that. But at the same time, in terms of college basketball, it's pretty impactful. It's usually on an ESPN, whether it be ESPNU or... Sometimes it does get that um, channel 30 for us in the Northeast here, uh, the real ESPN bump. But, um, but this season, um, Providence College is kind of the team that wasn't able to make it work in terms of a, a scheduled game against Rhode Island. It was a home game for PC this year. Um, they, they kind of uh, elected not to for whatever reason. There's some speculation that it might be because of a, a lack of gate uh, gate revenue um, from tickets sold and whatnot at the uh, the Dunkin' Donut Center, but um, I don't know. It, and then URI kind of called them out, and uh, even the coach David Cox was kind of throwing some shade. Um, and players have been posting a bit, saying that PC is ducking URI this year. Um, and it's just funny because I think I'm pretty sure PC is actually going to like TCU um, among uh, a couple other places. Uh, I think they're playing Fairfield, but it's like that the one drive that's I don't know, 45 minutes, under an hour, bus ride. I guess buses go slow, and that's the game that you, you remove from the schedule. That's that's just a little crazy to me. I don't know. What's your take on that? Uh, my take that you uh, think we're ducking you is Hey, you is a asinine. good team. You is a good team this year. And granted, PC is supposed to be pretty good, but it's not a cakewalk. That's all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, Providence College is supposed to be pretty good this year. We were supposed to have, like, what, a rebuilding – your last season and we actually ended up uh doing pretty damn well uh probably would have made the tournament after our late season run i think we had uh providence in our tournament just to appease me um but i don't i don't i wouldn't say we're we're, we're ducking you i don't think that's the uh i don't think that's the response i don't know don't you think I, that's crazy I mean, though to not have that game it's a an hour-long bus ride if for you or I too, just, it's at home. But didn't you just see? Didn't you just see that uh, in football, Brown and URI are canceling their game for the first time since 1992? I saw you responding uh, to that tweet. So I, that's I mean, true, but that's, they're both a very irrelevant football program, so it's a little different. Um, <laughs> actually, in the last time they canceled was uh, I think you just said uh, 1992. I looked it up. <laughs> I think Brown was 0 and 11. No. One of them was winless at like 0 and 10, and the other was 1 and 11 on the year, the year they canceled for whatever reason. I'm still curious what happened in 92 that they were like, it's not worth it. Maybe it was just that bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. No, that, that is a decent point, though, in terms of, I guess, just out of conference protocols differing. But I mean, do you trust TCU and traveling there? That's, that's yeah, because I mean, it- that, okay, I see where you make you you kind of have a point because yeah, they play Fairfield at Indiana. I mean, Indiana's farther away than URI. Uh, last time I was in Rhode Island, I think. I, well, I think I, it, to be fair, I think the Indiana one might be one of those. Um, I know it's the Big East, uh, like Big Ten crossover. 
thing. Well, it's Invitational. Yeah, so that'll be yeah. at one site, but still, yeah. Um, Maui Invitational, and then Fairly Dickinson. You're right. Then TCU, and then we start Big Ten or Big East play. Uh, Xavier, Connecticut, Seton Hall, Butler. But I mean, I, I don't know. I I, uh, I don't. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that we ducked URI. I mean, we're not. I don't think we're going to do that. Um, because this is supposed to be a pretty darn good uh PC team, uh, especially with with David Duke. I think he's like up there for uh, like I'm pretty sure. Uh, let's see, yeah, Andy Katz. Um, ever heard of him? <laughs> had the Jerry West Award candidates, which is basically the best player in college basketball this year, and he has David Duke in his top 10. So I don't see any uh, URI players on there. Just saying. Oh, actually, Fats Russell is probably in the conversation of like honorable mentions and a lot of those type things. But I, I, I accept that. No, David Duke is super talented. He's probably an NBA talent. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, he's incredible. So a good little segue too, in terms of today in particular okay. was the the Big East uh, Media Day. So pretty exciting in terms of Big East Big East hoops. Um, they did have the preseason coaches poll, and at the top was Villanova by a little bit. Uh, Creighton was number two, um, and then Providence College number three. So that was pretty yeah. pretty solid. And then not far behind uh, was Dan Hurley's Connecticut Huskies, um, who you know what I got to pay respect to my former coach and also the school that my NBA two K player um, successfully <laughs> dominated at. So uh, always got to show a little love to. Uh, uh, to the, the school I, I bled for. Um, but yeah, no, it got pretty interesting. Georgetown, bottom of the list. DePaul, DePaul not at the bottom of the list. It's kind of amazing no. that DePaul is still in the Big East in some ways. <laughs> I always think that they're going to be like a really, like, I don't know, Chicago school. You think that they would like, oh, you want to play in the Big East? They're based out of Chicago. Like, I don't know. That's That seems like if it would be enough. It gives Creighton an excuse to remain in the Big East. That's true. That is an insane one. That when Creighton entered the Big East, it was just drop the East, just call it the Big. I don't know. <laughs> the Big just American. Insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Even Marquette, but, right? Uh, Butler, <laughs> like, yeah, Marquette's in Marquette's Wisconsin. <laughs> Butler's in Indiana. Um, yeah. Xavier's what? Ohio. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's just it's pretty much everywhere because you could. You're right. Like you could go Villanova, Providence, Connecticut, Seton Hall. Um, St. John's in Georgetown. That's pretty much the Big East. I mean, I know that used to be like Syracuse. West Virginia was like in the Big East at one point yep. too. So Pitt, um, Pitt was the other yeah, one. Pitt, you know, Pitt was in the Big East. So Notre it Dame kind of made sense. Yeah, Notre Dame that one didn't quite entirely make sense, but um, no, true. So the Big but East, it's like the old Big East. No, but Georgetown, boy, what a fall from grace for a, a proud traditional school. That's. uh that's just kind of a, a mess there in, in, in Georgetown. But, yeah, Providence coming in third. They didn't get any first-place votes, though. Villanova got nine. Creighton got two. Um, so, I mean, I want to – You know, it's interesting to know which, which coaches voted Grady Creighton. over here. <laughs> I'm just saying, which, I wonder which vo- coaches voted Creighton as the best team over Villanova. You would think it's like Villanova until, like, they just fall off the face of the earth. Yeah, I you know what? I that would be interesting to know. Uh I feel like it would be whoever beat Creighton last year is like, yeah, they're not that good. <laughs> Some yeah. salty coach. I don't know. St. John's coach is just ticked off. Is it still Mullen? I think it's still Chris Mullen, but um but yeah. No, kind of interesting though. So promising. Um season looking for, for PC. Uh perfect yep. for them to, to disappoint. 
Um, we've seen it before, and we'll see it again. <laughs> yeah, come on. They do that, better that when they're pegged to be in the middle of the pack, to be honest with you. That doesn't happen to Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley's got them on like a – I, I, you know what? Providence College to me is almost like Iowa in football where like Ed Cooley just has them like, are they going to be great? No. Are they going to be terrible? No. They're going to be like right in the middle. They're going to be decent. They're going to fight in every single game. Uh, when you get to the conference tournament, watch out. They're always a tough out. Um, and then maybe bowl season in the NCAA tournament. Then they disappoint. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. Providence That's College has been a disappointment. Yeah. yeah, outside of a, uh, a blown uh, inbound coverage by USC, they haven't won a tournament game in, what, how long since Ryan Gomes was there? So True. And also that was a uh, um, a playing game, right? No, against USC, that was just a regular first round. Uh, it was. I'm telling you it was. Or were they the eight and nine? Is that what it was? Yeah, it was eight and nine. Because then uh, Providence got destroyed by North Carolina. The year I think okay. North Carolina. No, the no, the year uh, Villanova won it all. I think I am I I think I'm right on that. I don't know. Um, okay. No, 2017. Okay. Okay. Oh oh yeah no I mean. Oh, never mind. But you know what? They played in 2017 again, USC and Providence. I'm sorry. And that was a first four game. That was a playing game. And USC won that year. Oh, so yes. Yes. That's what I was thinking. Oh, my bad. But um, but hey, at the end of the day, you still can't get it done. It's whatever. You guys had more tournament success, and that's what matters. Um, <laughs> it's because everyone sleeps on URI. No one's sleeping yeah. on PC. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> last, last little thing here, third item. Um, kind of interesting. ESPN was going to organize uh, a college hoops uh, bubble in Orlando. Uh, it fell apart, and so it's ultimately been canceled. Kind of throwing yet another monkey wrench in terms of uh, that. That was like a, a COVID plan based out of uh, Orlando. I think it was going to be pretty similar to the NBA's Disney bubble um, in terms of the logistics and whatnot. But apparently, the um, the terms between the states and the the universities just didn't align because obviously too we kind of discussed this before um with the big 10 as an example for football tough to kind of go between states and kind of have the same expectations um in terms of player safety protocols etc even from yeah. just a travel perspective so it kind of makes sense that it got canceled because i think it was just too many teams from different conferences and regions um uh, that might have just very different policies but but that was kind of a shame though to see so I think of, uh, even more teams are going to be scrambling to try to find a couple more um, non-conference games. So you know what? You know who might be available? URI, because they have a, a game opened up because of Providence College. So when we play Kansas and we beat them in an upset, and then all of a sudden we're ranked top 10 in the country, we'll have PC to thank for ducking us. That's, that's what I have to say about that. Is Kansas the biggest game URI's had since, uh, since Duke? Or would they be? Um. I mean, we played game with Jimmy last year when they were number three, right? Yeah, but that's like in conference. I mean, non conference, I guess. Um, no, like we played. Um, big... we played. I mean, we played Maryland last not year when I think they were five. Okay. I was gonna say they not were definitely, game, obviously. Yeah, no, they were definitely top five in the country at that point. Um, okay. no, we we usually get like one non conference kind of stupid game where it's like, ooh. Not a good chance of this, especially it's too early in the season to know what we have. But um, yeah, but yeah, no. 
I, we haven't played number one team in a very long time, though. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, URI uh, does open up against Stephen F. Austin, though, at Mohegan Sun. True. Actually, we're playing a, a bunch of games at Mohegan Sun, so, yeah. hey, hot fall say, fun at Mohegan Sun for the Rhodey Rams. <laughs> <laughs> that was for all those uh, New Englanders that uh, those hot summer fun at Mohegan Sun would just cascade over the skies when you're at the beach in the summertime in, uh, in those, those magical plane clouds, which that's, that's something we can talk about at a later date. Things I don't fully understand um, in terms of science. Uh, I don't know how they do it. What are they just puffing little, little tiny things? Kind of cool. What I don't yeah. understand is how I still could probably sing the Foxwoods uh, jingle from memory. You know Take what? A chance, Great make jingle. it happen. Pop the cork, finger snapping, spin the wheel, round and round oh. we go. Oh. Life is good. Life is sweet. Okay, I gotta stop. Oh. The wonder <laughs> of it all. Yeah, great I, song. I, no, God, I have bad news for you though. Ta- you know what? Sure there's a new jingle. That song probably taught me to gamble at a very. Oh really? Oh, I think sad. so. I'll have to. You know, I'll I'll look it up and I'll I'll tweet it or something later. I'll and I'll send it to you as well. I I'm pretty sure I heard one semi recently. I was like, oh, because I haven't heard that song in a very long time. Uh, but that is the classic one. I think they're transitioning to a new one. I think they went out without one for a while. But um, well, but yeah. So shout out I to wonder, uh, Connecticut Casinos. I wonder uh, if I would be the gambler I am now, if not for. Uh, that Foxwoods jingle growing up the entire time, like subliminally, it was preparing me yeah. for a life of you know wanting to gamble. They're like, they're like, this is th- that was Foxwoods' entire plan. They sat down and they're like, this is not getting people through the doors today. This is to get them da- in the door uh, twenty yeah. years later. And the long you know, con. subliminally, I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, there people will be like, why do you love gambling? I'm like, I don't know. And it's just you know, it's a deep down instinct that I just have. And like inside my brain, deep recesses, it's singing that song, pop the cork, finger snapping. I, you know what? Yeah, YouTube didn't give me much in terms of Foxwoods. It's kind of bizarre. Uh, it seems like there are just some cam videos of people. There's one pandemic 2020, just what? someone walking through the Foxwoods casino <laughs> two months ago. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's that cool. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know. And then there's another one banned for counting cards from Foxwoods. And it's just like a selfie video. Um, so we'll have to get back to you um, on that. But, but yeah, that's the, the corner three. For right now, we're going to dabble a little bit in college hoops as the season approaches. Yep. Um, but let's get into the football. Yeah. Uh, so football last week, the Big Ten came back. Um, and we're not going to – we decided uh, – because we've been going through like every game the past few weeks. But you know what? It, by the time you're listening to us, it's one Thursday. So you've already like kind of – processed what's already happened on your own so what we're going to do now is we're going to take away our top five games uh of the week and kind of break them down discuss some topics from those so um you know what let's start off with the pretty much what was pegged as the game of the week going in didn't really turn out to be that but it was impressive for the victors and hail to them oh good uh, Michigan takes down Minnesota pretty handedly, actually. I mean, Minnesota was like kind of in the game, but at the same time, they weren't really. And boy, um, Joe Milton looked apart for Michigan. True. The Milton man himself. Yes. I, no, I, I, I liked it. I, 
kind of i don't know i i need to calm down because i i am one that i fall for it with michigan where i convince myself yeah. that not i shouldn't say that this is the year but at least that they'll be um in the mix so to speak so um i don't know that was a pretty pretty impressive um week one dub for uh for michigan especially too i don't know a lot of big 10 schools i feel like there was a chance that we saw some ugly football in closer games it really wasn't the case um it was ugly in some cases, but uh, even like we'll get to the other ones. But uh, but Wisconsin, for example, they put up points. I don't know. I kind of expected it to be it was more ugly of a, for uh, Illinois. It was beautiful for Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Well, shots fired. Whatever. I, um, I will <laughs> say though, I I, I will say that uh, Michigan was sort of impressive with how they were able to spread the ball around. Um, like Joe Milton didn't really have to do a ton through the air. He did plenty with his legs. Uh, and then receiving the ball, you know, Ronnie Bell was big uh, for Michigan. But outside of that, it was, you know, he spread the ball out to a lot of people. The the rushing attack kind of leaves a little bit to be desired just because, um, you know, Zach Charbonnet is supposed to be one of the best running backs in the country and their top running back. And uh, he had one carry for 70 yards and then three for nothing. He didn't do anything after that. Now, did they need him to? Maybe not. Hassan Haskins had six carries for 82 yards and a couple of scores. Again, impressive until you peel back and see that his longest run of the night was 66, which accounts for pretty much uh, everything but uh, 16 <laughs> yards out of that total. So he had sure. 15 yards on five carries from there. Um, so I'm looking for a little more from Michigan, but I like that better than looking at Minnesota. There's three players on Minnesota you have to worry about. Tanner Morgan, which I already said last week, I think he's the second best quarterback in the Big Ten. And this week's uh, game didn't really change my mind all that much. Like, drop him. Um, yeah. Muhammad Ibrahim, their running back from last year, and Rashad Bateman, who opted back in, uh, wearing number zero this year. He had a big game, but that's it for Minnesota. Outside of those three players, not much else going on for him. Um, so, one, if you take those players out of the game, or two, as we've already seen with what's happening with Wisconsin, they get COVID. Minnesota is absolutely screwed. Um, sure. So if you hear any of those three names come out of a game, uh, hammer the line of whoever's playing against Minnesota would be my recommendation for the future. Interesting, too, in terms of Michigan, you did mention their their rushing attack kind of being a little uh, uh, top-heavy or, uh, I don't know. Uh, just they rely on the big play. Yeah, but interesting, though, how I, we kind of spoke about it before, how we expected – um, a lot of teams that like uh, came went out to early leads, especially in the Big Ten, being the first week to really um, uh, spread spread the shares and give uh, give some reps to a ton of people. Michigan certainly did that. They didn't have other than the quarterback. Nobody had more than six carries, which is crazy. No. <laughs> like that. Um, Haskins, like you said, at six. Um, Charbonnet had uh, four, and then uh, Blake Corum had five. Chris Evans had five, and then two other guys had one. Um, I don't know. That was just interesting. I thought to, to see that. So I, I, I kind of like how they're hedging their bets sort of where it's like, all right, you know yep. what? We, we could get hit by the COVID bug here like more than a bug, but you know what I mean? Um, and even a passing game, uh, really not too much. Um, they spread the wealth. And obviously I don't think that they have someone at the quite the level of like a Rashad Bateman. I think he's probably the, the best skill position player in this game. Would you agree? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it, so it's tough. It's not like they have one of those to throw to nine times or I guess nine receptions for 101 yards that he had. Um, so a little yeah. bit different, but, but still kind of share the wealth. Um, but also too, last thing I'll say about it, shout out to the Michigan defense. Michigan defense looked really good. 
They did. I, I, 24 points isn't like crazy, crazy. It's like, oh my God, you shut them out. Uh, but that, like you said, Minnesota has solid offensive weapons. Um, they really uh, went after um, uh, Tanner Morgan quite a bit. Got some pressures in there. Also, shout out to the Rhode Island product, um, Quiddy Paye. He uh, he looked bag. great. He looked awesome. He had uh, two yeah. sacks, four tackles, three for losses. Pretty good. It's supposed Pretty to good. be a uh, first-round pick in the NFL draft coming up. The one thing I'll say for Michigan, it's a much better start than they had last year. So for Harbaugh, uh, that certainly helps him this year to get off to that quick start just because – you remember last year they had their struggles early like they went had to go to overtime to beat army and people were uh people were panicking in the streets of ann arbor so good start for them this year to take down a ranked minnesota team um be interesting to see if minnesota ever gets ranked again this year i could see a case where they're not the game of the week however was played in bloomington indiana upsets penn state uh they went for two in the first overtime 36 to 35 Indiana literally by an inch by a pimple of the football beat Penn State. Uh, that was a exhilarating finish between those two teams. Um, it was incredible. What an effort by Michael Penix Jr. I mean, uh, he's incredible for Indiana, especially in the late stages of the game. Like throughout the entire game, he was very erratic. But when Indiana absolutely needed him to step up and step up big, he did. So, um, I was pretty impressed with him and especially that, that final play and uh, boy, Indiana taking down Penn state. What a, what a victory for them. My question to you, however, though, Gilly is talking about these first two games, Michigan beating Minnesota the way they did and Indiana taking down Penn state, which I, I had a feeling Indiana might give Penn state a tough time um, just because they're better than people think, but yeah. is Michigan actually the team that Ohio state needs to fear the most and not Penn state? I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. I, I, I might be buying into the hype, but I, I still liked what Minnesota has done lately. And I'm not, I know they had a few other opt outs that, that might have impacted what their 2020 roster kind of shaped up to be. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with, uh, with Michigan there. I, or what do you think? Are you still leaning Penn State in terms of the, the second fiddle to Ohio State in the Big Ten? Um, you know what? I, if Michigan's defense can play the way they did, because Michigan actually might have a better defense than Penn State, uh, uh, if the Indiana game is anything to prove. Now, Indiana has a really good offense, but so does Minnesota. So it's kind of tough to to judge. Um, yeah. I could. I don't know if the sky is falling for people at Penn State right now, um, but I and, and Sean Clifford was good for Penn State. I, I made the comment last week can he be the guy when the chips are down like when it's go time and he he can um yeah they they didn't lose because of him exactly no he was their best player in that game and i mean in overtime it was like a third down and he threw the touchdown pass and it was just an absolute dot to his receiver in like the the side of the end zone so um like i i don't know if i want to overreact and say that yes michigan is uh, but for right now, like when Penn, because Penn State is going to play Ohio State this week, and Michigan gets Ohio State in a few weeks, um, I'll say just in terms of that, yes, Michigan is Ohio State's biggest threat. Just because, I, are you going to get the best version of Penn State uh, this week? I don't know if you are. So, um, and if Michigan's defense can play the way they did on Saturday, yes, then definitely Michigan's the the team. We were overlooking the Wolverines. We should have been uh, paying more attention to them regularly. 
I, you know what? I've been here since day one, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, always the the Michigan guy, the Michigan believer that gets shit. So I uh, I hope I'm right finally this this one time. Just like uh, actually, how the same goes. Even a even a broken clock is, is right twice a day. So. <laughs> Every squirrel finds a nut. Um, yeah, Iowa State, yeah. Oklahoma State, the Cyclones fall to the Pokes on the road. Gilly's lock, though, does not come through. Uh, Barely. Oklahoma State 24 21. The, yeah, the hook, the hook gets Gilly. The hook gets many a better. So um, the under, though, the under hit. I mean, that was kind of a popular pick around, around college football betters. But Iowa State, Oklahoma State, uh, the Pokes. I don't know if it was like their best effort. I can't say that I was like, okay, wow, Oklahoma State, Big 12 champs, start printing out the T-shirts. No. Yeah, uh, they're coming they up Texas. party that I thought it would be. Yeah, they have Texas this week. It was almost like, okay, we squeaked by Iowa State at home. Yes, we are still technically in a driver's seat for the Big 12, but... They're winning ugly, but rather, rather win ugly than lose pretty. Sorry, said, Penn State. Uh, that's two weeks in a row you've said that. Uh, it rains true. Uh, so we'll see. Oklahoma <laughs> State has Texas this week. That'll be uh, an interesting one. But I'm not ready to crown Oklahoma State as uh, Big 12 champs just yet. Um, because, And I, I, I can honestly see a path here, Gilly, in which Oklahoma possibly comes back to win the Big 12 championship. They looked really good this past weekend against TCU. They obviously, they already beat Texas. If Texas beats Oklahoma State this week, all of a sudden you're looking at Bedlam for the Big 12 championship. You know, it's just, I'm shaking my head. It's crazy because. Because it's true. No, I, and I know, but I'm just saying all these teams that I was high on and you, you shit on me early on in the season. All you need to say now is, uh, you know what? FSU has a shot at the ACC and I'll really be <laughs> looking okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna say F. It. What, yeah, I know. When, I know. When, when did I? When did I shit on Oklahoma? When did I? Just because when I said they were a top ten defense and I really like them to to be a, a college football playoff contender. Okay, but they're not a top ten defense. That's what. I was no, I know. <laughs> now I've accepted that. Don't get me wrong. I just thought they were better than they would. Uh, better than everyone gets gives them credit for in terms of a a nationally uh, I don't know ranked defense, but. Even that, I don't think, is uh, is the case, unfortunately. Top 10 was a stretch. I know that was a big take, but you win some, you lose some. Yeah, top 10 was a stretch and a half. Uh, Rutgers beat Michigan State. Um, not that this is going to impact college football as a whole down the road, uh, but one, Rutgers is all of a sudden, I mean, the Greg Schiano effect. Wow, uh, it, it didn't take very long. They get their first conference win in years, and Michigan State, yikes, they are that bad. Yeah, I mean, we said it last week. Two first-year coaches, kind of a that was too many, too much points for for Rutgers, right? They obviously they won, but they also covered easily because what was it, twelve mm, points? Nine. Something crazy, nine. Okay, um, but yeah, no, that was. I was happy to see that. Makes me makes me feel like I kind of know what I'm talking about now. Um, <laughs> just fade fade Michigan State, which might be might be a play this week. We'll talk about it soon, but yeah. Maybe it's a rivalry game, though, so I don't know. But, yeah, tough game for Michigan State. They had uh, six turnovers, I believe, in this one, um, or seven. Actually, it was seven because they lost five fumbles in Rocky Lombardi. Great football name, by the way, but he threw two interceptions in this one. So he was – Michigan State was bad. They were bad with the football. Um, 
Michigan is going to just run all over them this weekend, probably if they keep that up. But uh, Noah Vedrill, too, uh, former Husker uh, Husker transfer this past winter, looking good, wearing number zero as a quarterback for Rutgers. That was a weird look as a quarterback, number yeah. zero. That's a weird – I don't know. I don't know how I felt about it. Just looks like he's that was a, weird uh, a running back uh, out of the wild. Receiver where, yeah, like a receiver wearing it, running back, corner. Like that makes sense. A quarterback, it was kind of like, I don't know. It's uh, certainly weird. I like, though, what schools are doing with the number zero. Have you been seeing that where they'll like, they make it, uh, it's like a newborn tradition where it's like, okay, this guy best exemplifies. Like it goes to like your team's like best player or like captain or, uh, like, like a high academic, character guy. academic high, yeah high character guy they do something like that like it's an honor yeah. honorary number now that is pretty cool i do yeah. like that I, I like that too um and our last game we have to get to of course it has to be ohio state nebraska uh for you know what for multiple reasons though not just because i'm a husker fan here but i ohio state crushed nebraska 52 17 um in the first half the game was closer than the final score would indicate but nebraska shot themselves in the foot far too often to try to take down a powerhouse like Ohio State. Um, I'll say this. Field. You don't have to, though. So some of those calls were felt absurd, even as a, a non-Nebraska Husker fan. That was like, it was like, what are we doing at this point? So uh, we'll get into that in, in, in a second, but I, you're you just talking like about a, Justin Fields. You mean like officiating? Yes, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, we'll get to that. No, I'm uh, sorry. I, I said play calling. I meant uh, – No, play, no, no. I was just – I want to make sure that what – I, I, I was going to get angry if you were going to attack Scott Frost here. Um, no, no, no. The first thing I want to touch on is Justin Fields. Um, we already kind of had him as uh, I think last week we said, like he already has a zoom invite for the Heisman uh, trophy ceremony later this year. But um, I think he certainly solidified it with his performance. Cause he looked even better than he did last year. And it was a clinic. That was almost like his pro day for Ohio state. If, you're an NFL scout. That's the only tape you need to see to be like, okay, this kid could be a stud in the NFL. Uh, 20 of 21, and the one incompletion he threw, it hit his best receiver, Chris Olave, in the hands, and it took an incredible play by uh, uh, DiCaprio Boodle, who was late getting there to knock it out of uh, Olave's hands. He, like, upended him uh, through the legs. So that was his only incompletion and still hit his receiver in the hands. 276 yards, two touchdowns, um, and he carried the ball 15 times, 54 yards, and a score as well. Justin Fields did whatever he wanted, and Grand Ohio State probably has the best receiving core in the Big Ten uh, between guys like Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, um, and Jackson Smith Najiba, who made probably the catch of the year already with his toe drag at the back of the end zone, but um nebraska's secondary isn't that bad it's actually one of nebraska's defensive strengths and nebraska's defensive line did a good job of uh kind of getting to justin fields every once in a while as they were able to rack up three sacks on the day which i thought was impressive to do against the ohio state offensive line because ohio state also credited with three sacks against nebraska so um you know fields was sometimes under pressure but he was just uh spectacular it's unbelievable and I, I mean, if I had money on fields, I'd, uh, I would feel safe about that in the Heisman. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, been a while since we've had like two far and away big Heisman candidates, right. That are like locks, you know what I mean? In mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Like if there, if there was a bet that was like, all right, take one of them uh, versus the field. I would hundred percent. It's kind of funny. Fields 
versus the field there. <laughs> um, but uh, but I would 100% go with Lawrence in, in fields at whatever odds that is, just because that's how that's how much these guys are, I think, better than the vast majority of other uh, top players. Uh, Lawrence right now is the by far and away favorite, minus 167. Um, according to DraftKings, Mac Jones is actually second at plus 250, which I guess makes sense. He's played more games yeah. than Justin Fields. Um, and Fields at plus 400. The the only thing you really have to worry about with Fields is that if he catches COVID, because um, the Big Ten, as we've seen with Graham Mertz, it's a full stop, three weeks, no questions, if, ands, or buts, no, hey, asymptomatic, you're back in a few days. Um, no like saving treatment. Right, like Mac Jones in the SEC, they'll be like, oh, he's not sniffling anymore? Get him back out there. He's fine. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that, That's why I would say the one thing about Fields is like, wow, I look great this week. We could all wake up with the alert tomorrow on our phone saying, uh, Justin Fields, positive with COVID, three weeks, see it done. Um, yeah. So that's the one thing I would say for maybe Justin Fields. That's probably why he's at plus 400, but – other than that, I mean, if if he stays healthy, yeah, put money on Justin Fields. The guy's legit. And if you're an NFL team, I know Trevor Lawrence is, is like the top prize that everybody wants, but I, I'm fine with winning the consolidation prize of Justin Fields, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, you're right. I think uh, I think that's interesting, especially to us both as Patriots fans that uh, uh, kind of <laughs> might be approaching a, a situation in which a quarterback is needed. Um We'll get too much into that, but I mean, Fields seems like a a great uh, second option um, in terms of any NFL teams in the draft coming up. In uh, I don't, actually, I shouldn't even say coming up. Who God knows when the draft would happen? Yeah, um, hopefully April still. But <laughs> at this point, I don't know. Patriots aren't drafting inside the top five, though. I hate to break it to you there. No, um, probably but... more looking at Trey Lance, Jamie Newman, uh, Kyle Trask area for New England, but. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, but still, if they if they tank now, there's still time. They can do it. The uh, I, you know what I, I made this joke re- earlier this week. Um, the Falcons had just happened to be uh, the far and away leaders, right, to to be the number one pick. Uh, but they have blown a lead to the Patriots before. Um, so <laughs> I heard that. I did hear that one on your uh, last podcast. Small state big yeah. takes with BSP. Um, that was a good episode. Uh, though I do. Again, let's talk about Ohio State, Nebraska. You kind of just brought it up, though. Uh, some of calls by the officials were very iffy um, in terms of Nebraska. It felt like Ohio State had to like pretty much murder somebody on the football field to get a flag, even toss their general direction. Nebraska breathed on someone wrong, and they got a flag. Um, the first, and, and the that, first egregious one was the, uh, or at least that I saw in terms of my perspective. And granted, I was kind of off and on to start it. But it was a defensive pass interference, I believe. Um, and it was not even really a, a clear-cut call. It was contact on both sides, but it was not a catchable ball. The mm-hmm. safety from Nebraska actually had the best chance at making uh, like making the play on the ball. Um, and yet it was called uh, against Nebraska for a DPI, I believe. Or yep. maybe it was holding. But still, either way, it was just like, what? That, that, I, it must have been DPI because holding doesn't matter if the, the ball is catchable, right? No. It was, it was defensive pass interference. You're right. It okay. wasn't a catchable ball. Uh, you're Crazy right. Our safety, goal. Deontay Williams had the best chance at it, and they, they threw the flag. And a few plays before that on our punt, uh, back to Ohio State, they called face mask where the guy's holding, I think it was Deontay yeah. Williams again, and he's literally just trying to hand fight. And there's no, like, he's not trying to go for a face mask. He's not, like, trying to rip the guy down. He just, his hands get caught in it. 
and it gets a flag there, even though Joe Klatt pointed out like five times, he's like, this is not a flag on Nebraska. This is a flag on Ohio State. And even, the, you're right, the defensive pass interference, he's like, again, this is not a flag on Nebraska. What are they doing? Which is shocking that Joel Klatt came to the defense of the University of Nebraska. Just absolutely shocking. Yeah, no, you're right. And that, that, that one did come earlier, the, uh, the holding that didn't get called. But, uh, Buffalo quarterback, but yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, there, there was more later on, too. Those are just the earliest yeah, ones where it was like, okay. And that was when Nebraska were, was in the game, so it was, yeah. I don't know. That, and, that must have been tough blows. Say, here's what I will say is that, like I said, Nebraska shot themselves in the foot too many times for them to beat Ohio State. You had to play a perfect game. There was very slim margin for error going up against Ohio State. Did the refs help you? No, but you also didn't help yourself. I remember sitting here watching a game with my wife, and – we get the ball back down 17 to 14 with like three minutes left to play in the first half. And I said, okay, even if we don't go down and score before halftime, just use up most of the clock. So Ohio state can't use it or do anything with it. If they get the ball back and cause Ohio state gets the ball back to start the second half. I was like the worst possible scenario here is if you go three and out and what do we do out off the kickoff? We get a delay of game. You can't that, – that's unacceptable. You cannot have a delay of game off of the damn kickoff, off of first yeah. down and 10 from a kickoff. You can't – you cannot let that happen. They go three and out. Ohio State scores a touchdown. Gets the ball back, starts second half, touchdown. Uh, Martinez puts the ball on the turf and scoop and score, touchdown. It, it, it fell apart very quickly, but it was all Nebraska's fault. Like I said, you have a, a – a delay of game, you go three and out and you put the ball on the turf and they run it back for a touchdown. That is your fault, Nebraska. Those are three instances that should not happen. You had the control to make it happen and you let it happen. That's how that game ended up 52 to 17. Um, so am I upset about the refs? Yes, because uh, I felt like it was a little lopsided, but it was also Nebraska's fault as to why they lost that game the way that they did. But you know what is is interesting uh about that is and maybe uh maybe it's time to put on the tinfoil conspiracy hats here but uh could the big 10 have put out a hit on nebraska via the referees um by the way that nebraska acted when the big 10 canceled the season you laugh but i am almost certain the big 12 did that with nebraska when they because nebraska again they they announced they were leaving the big 12 for the big 10, but we still had to play one final season in the big 12 before we left. And there was a game against Texas A&M where literally every single call went against us. We were flagged a million times for no reason whatsoever. And I am I, I know that was the big 12 with a giant middle finger to Nebraska saying, fuck you. Goodbye. Good riddance. Um, could the big 10 be, uh, could, you know, the, I don't know, commissioner's office have kind of, Hey, uh, make all the calls a little tough on Nebraska. Not so much their opponent. I don't know. I think you're, I think you're reaching a bit there. I think that's, that's I don't, I'm not, I'm not joining you with a tinfoil hat in this, on this scenario. Um, I like a good conspiracy, but I don't know. I think that's, a little bit of a reach. I think that that would be crazy. I think so. I think I, so, to be honest. I think you're acting emotionally, and I understand it, but. <laughs> I mean, 
Here's what I will say, though, and, and let's break into this one now because it's the big news of the week. Uh, Wisconsin and Nebraska, their game this week canceled. Nebraska was going to be like my lock of the week, too. Um, I love them going up against Wisconsin, especially without Graham Mertz, but that's the reason we're not playing. Um, Wisconsin canceling the game, uh, which is just stupid on Big Ten's part, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Nebraska's own, like, Twitter account, um, I think the Nebraska official radio account on Twitter asked uh, Husker fans whether, you know, it was at Husker Sports, um, if the roles were reversed and the Huskers had six players and six staff members sitting out with positive tests, would the game be played on Saturday? Which I've seen a lot of people uh, outside of Nebraska saying, like, no, stop it. It would not be played. Come on. Um, but I'm with you know. there. I, I mean, think it would be. Not, I, mean, I think it would be played. That does give context to how paranoid we are here in the state of Nebraska uh, against the Big Ten right now and the fact that that question is even being asked of like, well, if it was us, I feel like the Big Ten would be like, mm, sorry, you got to go suit up and play. Sucks to be you. Yeah. But since it's Wisconsin, oh, let's coddle them and baby them. Oh, we don't want them to woosh to Nebraska. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I, I, I would, I would tend to lean towards that too where it's like, oh, Okay, I don't know. That could be the case where it's like, if that were to happen with Nebraska, eh, are you really that concerned about Adrian Martinez if you're uh, no. the Big Ten? Do you cancel it? Maybe not. If Scott Frost so. is coughing up a lung, Kevin Warren is dancing in his home. Yeah, you know what? That's a. It speaks beyond. This is bigger than football with this concept here. Um, but with something like that, like you almost needed uh, to have a conversation between Scott Frost, uh, the Nebraska AD there, uh, and Kevin Warren. And just be like, hey guys, like let's want to just really push this aside. Let's let's pass, make this like I don't know, water under the bridge at this point. Um, just because you do, I mean, as a Nebraska person, I would totally be suspect of so much of what happens in the Big Ten. So I do understand that perspective. And like you said, with the officiating, I understand that that's probably in the back of your mind too, and other fans we as well. Have a problem. We wouldn't have a problem except it's happened to us before. Like I said, Texas A&M, yeah, uh, the year that we didn't leak, uh, the year that we stuck around in the Big 12, but they knew it was our last year. And in the year before that, against Texas in the goddamn Big 12 championship game, where Mac Brown's over there with one finger up saying, oh, one second left, one second left. And our Big 12's like, well, then, okay, one second left for Texas. Yeah. So you can go to the BCS championship game. Fuck Nebraska. We don't want to send them to the Fiesta Bowl. Like, I understand big picture-wise, but come on. As a fan, I, yeah. I, Nebraska has reason to be concerned with, like, higher-up officials uh, working conspiracy, uh, conspiratorially against us. Yeah. No. I, There's I'm no proof. You. I have zero proof, but – uh, I mean, it's, it's just, it's one of those things that maybe it's easier to do that than just face the fact that like, yeah, Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin's sick. That, that sucks. We can't play this week, but it's the responsible adult thing to do. No, I want to blame somebody. I want to, I want to yell at somebody. I'm not going to blame Wisconsin. I see a lot of people doing that today on Twitter where it's like, um, way to go Wisconsin, not break, like not follow the rules. And they're like, what rules not catching a contagious virus? Like what, what rules are you talking now? If like, it's, it, it comes out that you know, no one's been wearing masks in the building or like the whole team went to a house party uh, the night after they beat Illinois on Friday. Okay. Then like have Adam, but until there's that evidence, no, like let's not kick these people while they're down. Um, I mean, it sucks. My Halloween's going to absolutely blow now, but I mean, it just, you know, it is what it is. So 
Um, but I don't know. That's, you know, conspiracy theory time with the University of Nebraska. Can we just also talk about how we – it sucks, and I tweeted this today, that it had to be Nebraska, the team that fought so hard to want to play this season, to have the first game canceled on them. Like, it couldn't be Minnesota where P.J. Yeah. Fleck was, like, packing up the boxes like well shucks we can't play this year guys <laughs> or northwestern where all those eggheads were like oh it's the correct thing not to play this year or rutgers who's just a, <laughs> i mean a hotbed of coronavirus anyways like it couldn't have been one of those three schools that like it couldn't be illinois rutgers game that gets canceled and everyone's like oh well it's gonna happen sometime but at least it was that game no it has to be it has to be nebraska and then second the big ten is just so stupid when you make a season that is eight games in eight weeks and there's no bye weeks there's nothing outside of okay if this team and you put very strict contingency plans in place for what happens if a team catches covid it's it's so stupid you had a perfect plan big 10 when you first set out with this that was uh three bye weeks for everybody including a a a communal bye week at the end of the season so that even if a game had to get postponed you could push it to a certain date for people but no you had to cancel the season you had to drag your feet about it because remember it was like october 11th or 10th or 17th were like the uh, proposed dates that the big 10 was going to come back nope instead you waited all the way until october 24th and gave yourself the minimal window in which you could play a season this is on you. This is on you, Big Ten. You screwed yourself. You even tried to give Wisconsin a cupcake schedule so they could meet Ohio State in Indianapolis, and you screwed yourself. You are just so stupid, Big Ten Conference. I, I don't want to just go after it, just Kevin Warren because the presidents and chancellors were involved, but you had a perfect plan in place. People were applauding you for like, wow, three bye weeks and a very good schedule. I wrote a damn blog saying it was a genius maneuver and a genius way to put out a schedule in these trying times and set a precedent. And what do you do? Scrap that, throw it away. Oh, let's never mind. Come back eight games in eight weeks, no contingency plan, no backup, no fail safe. If everything goes to shit, just eight games, eight weeks. Um, Sorry about it. God, come on. I had to get that off. Come on, man. (laughs) I I was holding that in all day. When I saw it happen this morning, I just, I, it bugged me to no end because I'm like, we had the perfect plan in place. We could have easily said, no Nebraska-Wisconsin this week. Sorry. But in a month, they will play on that said bye week. Now this will be their bye week. Great. Makes sense. That's beautiful planning. That's why there's smarter people running the Big Ten Conference than me. Um, because I would be the guy putting out hits on, like, the University of Iowa this year, telling the refs, like, hey, every play there's a holding call in Iowa. Fuck those guys. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't trust the refs. Okay, I don't trust anyone. Yeah, I don't think you trust anyone, to be honest. I, I think trust it goes Bill Moose. The officials. I trust Bill Moose. I trust Scott Frost, and that's the end of my trust when it comes to Big Ten and college football. So, fair, just, fair enough. That, just to give people context, because I know there's a lot of people that saw that tweet of like, uh, if it's if the uh, script was flipped, is the Big Ten forcing Nebraska to play? I think like even Tom Fornelli was like, are you kidding me right now? And I'm sure it's going to be more like Pat Forty that jumps on it. Um, you know, a bunch of slap dicks like that. They're like, you know, come on, Nebraska, grow up. But we have Is that back to back weeks that you've said slap dick. Yes, I think so. <laughs> I like it. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's very, Shout demeaning. Out Blake Snell. very, 
Yeah, it's very demeaning, so I, I like it. But um, <laughs> wow. I don't know. That, like I said, there's reason for us to be concerned, uh, and I feel I don't feel crazy for saying it. I, you you can call me crazy, but I don't. Um, so okay, we're done with last week. Uh, again, Nebraska, Wisconsin, not happening this week. Uh, breaks absolutely breaks my heart because we are going to beat Wisconsin this week. I felt even with Graham Mertz, I predicted it. I wrote a blog last week. Uh, saying my predictions for Nebraska football. I said we would go four and four, and I had us beating Wisconsin on Halloween in Lincoln. It lined up so perfectly. And now what? Now now what am I going to do on Halloween? I don't know. I guess watch other games, but God damn it. Focus, focus. Rewatch that. (laughs) A virgin lit the candle. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Thackeray. Thackeray Binks. Um, Yeah. Shout out Thackeray Binks. What are we I, you know what I tweeted about that recently where you someone did. said that they were doing a, a remake and I thought I was hilarious because I said wow can you believe that cat's still alive Thackeray thing <laughs> yes. got no reaction nobody really cared <laughs> I made I myself it. laugh I... that's what matters <laughs> it gave us a laugh we just didn't give you the acknowledgement of our laugh um <laughs> so last week four locks and we went one and three like we said Gilly lost but one by half a point um, the only win came from me in Wisconsin, by the way, that nobody believed in me. I was like the one person on earth that said Wisconsin was going to roll on a Friday night to open the season. Nobody wanted to believe in me. Everyone wanted to think Illinois is all of a sudden good and uh, Wisconsin 45 to seven. So suck on that. But, um, moving on to this week, big game still on the docket. So, uh, let's start with it. Gilly, I'll let you bat lead off here this week since I did last week and, uh, your favorite lock this week, the, the favorite. Um, so you know what? I, I, I almost pivoted a second ago here, um, in terms of my favorite, but I am going to trust my gut. And ironically enough, I am kind of inadvertently, I, I, I don't really, I don't know. I don't want to be cheesy about it. However, I am repping them at the moment, and that means I, for those of you listening and not seeing me right now, um, which is many of you, um, <laughs> I'm going with, <laughs> I don't know, there could be, <laughs> the NSA is watching me through my uh, my open video camera on my computer, so they're, they're tuned in right now, they're watching this live, shout out to them, shout out to my FBI agents, those are the real ones. <laughs> uh, but that is, yeah. every show live. True, true. Um, but I am going with the North Carolina Tar Heels. Um, minus seven against the Virginia Cavaliers. Um, I Late night game, 8 p.m. Eastern time, for, for those of you not on the, uh, the eastern seaboard here. Um, get with it or get out. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I am excited about it. I, I think that's a relatively good line. Um, Virginia is probably a little bit better than their one and four record would indicate. Um, it is in Charlottesville, um, Whoville, as they call it over there. Um, but at the same time, their defense isn't great. They they did perform well against Miami last week, which is like, okay, maybe they're on the come up a little bit, but um, they only lost 19 to 14. However, I, I think that uh, Carolina has kind of figured it out um, after faltering a little bit and having a couple of, uh, um, I don't know, a couple of hiccups. They had a couple of tight games early on. They lost to FSU two weeks ago. They really handily beat NC State. So I'm going to ride with them. I think this is at least a two-score win for the Tar Heels as they look to uh, uh, to try to make a claim to the, the ACC uh, um, crown 
and get that chance to play Clemson. Okay. Uh, all right, so you're going North Carolina. My favorite lock of the week, night game down in Lubbock, Texas. I am riding uh, with the team that I just said earlier, uh, top 10 defense for Gilly, but might <laughs> be able to come back and win the Big 12. Oklahoma, 14 uh, points or 14 and a half, depending on where you get it. Uh, DraftKings wow. right now is 14 and a half, but I'm going Oklahoma over Texas Tech. Texas Tech is awful. They are garbage. Uh, and Oklahoma, I think, has gotten their footing back under them after a very slow start to the season. Um, I think the Texas game is exactly what they needed to kind of get back into the groove of things. And then they go to TCU last week, who is a better team than Texas Tech, and beat them handedly 33-14. to 14. So Texas Tech on the road for Oklahoma, only 14 points. That's an easy choice for me. Um, I think the Sooners, uh, they, they win big against Texas Tech. Interesting. Interesting. No, that's a, it's a good amount of points. I, uh, but no, we'll see. Okay. Uh, oh, you know okay. what? We'll go every other, we'll do it snake, snake style. So you can, you can have the, uh, the underdog first pick. Oh, I get the under, I get the underdog this time. That's not how we did it last week. Oh, so you want me to pick again the, the, the first well, yeah, underdog? Yeah. All right, that's, that's, I'm giving you a chance things. just in case I stole your pick. Okay. I, um, no, I, I stole your pick last week and it didn't work out at all. So go for it. That's true. Maybe it works better if I steal your pick for you. Um, <laughs> so I am going, I feel like this is a relatively popular one. And um, actually, I think there were, this is the one you won on last week. No, it wasn't. I'm sorry. I think we talked about liking this. Um, oh, no, they got killed. But uh, you know what? I'm still a believer. I am going with Maryland. I, Ooh. for whatever reason, oh, I really want to believe. I know, but it's 20 points. I oh. against Minnesota Friday night weird things happen Friday night football um Halloween I, though it's not, you're right it's not Halloween so spooky factor is not weird things happen but no I don't I I'm still sticking with it I think Maryland 20 points I still coming into the season I'm interested by the Terps and uh and that that has not gone away quite yet so I uh, you know what call me a fool if I uh if I miss on this one but I am going with Maryland plus 20 that's my uh I think that's my pick. You're, you're making me second guess it, so now I'm getting nervous about it, but I, I kinda like it that. It just looks so bad against Northwestern and Minnesota's better than Northwestern. I mean, Maryland wasn't even close. They got waxed by Northwestern, I, which I did not expect. I mean that was crazy. I, I, I mean, I pounded the table here last week and said like um Northwestern can't beat anybody by more than 10 points. Like, don't overthink it. And they beat them 43 to 3. Peyton Ramsey. Uh, former Indiana quarterback looked really good for Northwestern, um, and Maryland just looked terrible. They looked awful. Oh my God, they just—I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I could ever get behind Maryland uh, this week after what I saw last week. I know Minnesota didn't look great against Michigan, but I, like I said, they didn't look terrible. It wasn't like they got beat forty-nine to ten or forty-nine to seven. They—they um, they sort of hung in there for a little bit, but. I don't no, know. Really. I don't know about that one. I just don't <laughs> trust Maryland at all. Um, but okay. I, I, I don't know. Maybe Friday night. You, maybe you're onto something. It's in Maryland. Um, I just think it's know, too much. Minis- too many maybe points Minnesota too. let let down week after Michigan, or maybe I just I don't know. Maryland's just I think they're terrible. I think they're the new Rutgers. Person. We talked about it before, though, in terms of Minnesota, where it's like they kind of have re- three main focal points. So yeah, for uh, a trying program like Maryland. Well, no, but that's an easy thing to focus on. It's not like you're playing in Ohio State 
you can focus um, on all you want. You're not taking it away. You're married. No, I know. But at the same time, at least there are three major offensive focal points that they can try to eliminate one or two of them to some degree, maybe not eliminate, but limit. Um, and then and see what you let those other guys kill you. But at the end of the day, that might take some time. That's why 20 points. I'm not saying Maryland's going to win or even really be in the game. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm into it. So whatever. I don't, I don't care that you don't like it. Give it, what's your Maryland, pick? I'm glad I didn't steal yours at least. You didn't take mine for sure. Maryland. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that. And I know how that went for me last week. Maryland, they don't have to win. They don't even have to be in the game, but I'm excited. That's Maryland I am. I am. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> College Park. Weird things happen at College Park. <laughs> Friday night. You've been watching too much Scott Van Pelt at night. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so my other uh, underdog lock is going to be one that just Gilly – couldn't bring himself to take. I think he kind of secretly likes it, but he just can't bring himself to do it. Um, And I'm sure you, I think you know where I'm going with this one, Gilly. Texas plus three and a half at Oklahoma state. I'm uh, rolling with horns here. No, that's not what I thought. Folks in Stillwater. We talked about it. Oklahoma state's been winning ugly. Uh, I think Texas picks themselves up off the, uh, off the turf and uh, they, they take down Oklahoma state. And I think, cause I don't, I just don't trust Oklahoma state enough for me to say like, yes, that three and a half isn't enough. I guess. I don't know. That's an interesting pick. That's not what I thought you were going to do. I thought you were going to take uh, Michigan state against Michigan at like 25, uh, whatever that, no. I think that spreads at like 24 or 25. No, that's what Michigan I, that's where I thought you were going. They looked awful, but I'm sure like, for one, for starters, yes, they're going to clean up. They're not going to turn the ball over seven times again. Um, yeah. So I kind of like it there. Uh, I do like Michigan State a little bit. It's a rivalry game. Are they good? No. But are they going to turn the ball over seven times? No. And if they don't do that, maybe they beat Rutgers. They squeak one out. And we're singing a different tune here today. And it's probably yeah. more like a 15-point spread. So I do like Michigan State against Michigan this week. Um, but I like Texas against Oklahoma State. Uh, they beat Baylor last week, 27 to 16. Was it a great victory? No, but um, it stopped a losing streak for him. And uh, I think they're going to come in amped up against Oklahoma State. I just, I see pandemonium in the Big 12, and I see Texas being Oklahoma State, and I just see it being wide open. I see Bedlam being the battle for uh, the Big 12 championship, personally. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I, um, I, you know, I hope you're wrong, particularly because after this game, um, for next week's episode, I should have my Oklahoma State merch arrived. So that would be very sad if they if they lose to, to Texas and are slightly less relevant um, to make my uh, my merch debut of uh, yeah. my pokes. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I don't really love that pick, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, Oklahoma okay. State has won four of the last five. Granted, Texas won last year, but I was at home. Every pick that you disagree with me, I've been right. So just saying. I, I, I don't have a good enough memory to, to confirm that, so I'll I'll give well, you the benefit of the doubt. Wisconsin, so, um, oh, yeah, usually, that was one time. That was one time, and I was I was not alone on the the Illinois train. So I don't want to hear about that. I oh, I took a big time victory lap. I took a huge victory lap because yeah, the whole world was against me. I know you had day. people apologizing to you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, I couldn't believe that. Like, so yeah, another guy on our couch, guy sports, one of our brethren, Fiesta's like, I have Wisconsin. How do you feel verbally committed? 
And I tweeted back at him. I was like, we feel great. And I gave him like my main list of like five points. I've been just, you know, spitting word vomit for the last week about, you know, Wisconsin Friday night, always a blowout. Graham Mertz isn't a slap dick. Um, all of that. And at the last second, Fiesta's like, I chose Illinois. And it's like, why? <laughs> I didn't understand that. Were, I didn't even make a plea to him to I, do that. I thought that was crazy. He just, he just yeah, all, he just decided against it. And he would have had a perfect night had he uh, hit a parlay if he would have picked uh, Wisconsin with me. But nope, that's uh, that's on you. That's you have to live with that uh, Fiesta. So enjoy yourself. Um, but anyways taking a look at the rest of uh, this week's slate here as well. What are some other games you like? You Like I said, I like Michigan state at plus 24 and a half against uh, Michigan. And don't ask me why, maybe it's just a t-shirt I'm wearing, but I, I like air force 14 against uh, Boise state. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Didn't expect to hear that. Um, uh, Boise state's only played one game this year. Air force has played a couple. They destroyed Navy, um, which interestingly enough, uh, we forgot to talk about it earlier, but Army Navy can be played in West Point this year, not Philly. That should that'll be interesting. That'll be fascinating to watch. That will be no. That should be a, a fun game. What time is I that? I have one for I have one for you, Gilly. Uh, how do you feel about your Boston College Eagles against Clemson? Thirty-one and a half points. I was tempted to be honest with you to be like, oh, ride the Eagles here, but at the same time, it, it, it's Clemson. Uh, BC got blown out last week. Um, I, I think I'm going to stay away from that. Thirty-one's a lot, though, and I like Boston yeah. College. They play tough. I know it's I again. We're they're like Maryland. We're not asking you to win. We're not even asking it to be a game. We're just <laughs> asking you to keep within thirty points. I know, but against Virginia Tech, they lost by like twenty-six. <sighs> yeah, but Virginia that's Tech's tough. Good. I know about. they lost last week. But I, I know, like but twenty-six. Tech. That's Clemson and Virginia Tech are just uh, completely different tiers. Even against Georgia Tech, to be honest, last week. Uh, but I don't even think they – I think they did cover the spread, but barely. Uh, they won 48-27. to Boston 27. College's only two losses on the season have been to ranked teams, North Carolina, Virginia Tech. Uh, they they beat up Georgia Tech last week 48-27. to 27. Um, I like Boston College with 31 points. I think that's too many. I, I honestly like – I like a lot of the underdogs this week. Um, I like Boston College. It's, it's Halloween, Gilly. Things are going to be weird. You know what? I think the best case scenario for that game is if Clemson goes out to like a 28 nothing lead um, and then just yes. kind of packs it in uh, yep. in terms of like the second half. And then BC slowly whittles that down to like 28 to 10. And then Clemson scores like one field goal or I don't know, something like that. That, that would be my ideal situation. I, I kind of I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't bet on Clemson. I want to go with BC, but I just don't feel that confident about it. Um, Georgia, Kentucky is an interesting one. What what, do, what are your feelings on that? I feel like that's one that's getting talked about a lot. Georgia 15 minus fifteen, yeah. Georgia against I don't know, I can't get a read on Kentucky this year. Uh, one week they're up, then the next week they're down. Um, I mean they beat Miss, they handle Mississippi, or they they play Auburn tough. They lose in overtime to Ole Miss. They beat the crap out of Mississippi State. They beat the crap out of Tennessee on the road in Knoxville. And then last week they get beat by Missouri, um, which I, maybe is is Missouri actually that good? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I've been sleeping on Missouri. Maybe I need to stop sleeping on uh, Sosa's alma mater. But um, I just can't get a read on Kentucky to know how to confidently bet that game because um, they're just so up and down. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I mean, this is Missouri. They lost to Bama. Okay, they, they got beat 
pretty handedly by Bama, doubled up on 38-19, lost to Tennessee 35-12. to Like, okay, yes, Missouri's terrible then. Uh, then they come back and beat LSU 45-41. Uh, Vandy game postponed. Uh, Kentucky 20-10 win. Now they have Florida this week. I have no clue what to make of Kentucky and or Missouri. They're just – they're they're both too volatile for me to, uh, like I said, bet confidently or be like, yes, I feel like this is a definitive way we should go. Yeah, that's fair. I, you know what though, I, I do like Florida in that one. I, uh, I think I'll, I'll probably add them to my card at some point. Okay. I, it, it's part of one of those things too, where Florida was my team a couple weeks ago. They, they got burned. They, they took that loss against uh, A and M and College Station. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like they're, uh, they have a chip on their shoulder and are trying to whittle their way back. So I, I, I think I, I like them in like a blowout against Missouri because I, I really don't think Mizzou's that good. Um, Do you like the but, 28 points for Iowa State against Kansas just because Kansas is terrible? I, I That is I kinda do not as bad like, as you think it is. Yeah, exactly. It's, I, it's tempting. They're awful. Yeah, I don't know. I Again, do. though, I that's a lot of like points. Iowa State. I know, but it's uh, Kansas is so bad. So bad. I, I guess I. That's a, that's a tough one. That's a stay away from me. I mean, my my biggest thing there is, um, in terms of what the points that Ohio uh, Iowa State, excuse me, has actually put up this year, nothing crazy. Yeah, they had a couple. They've been in the thirty point range a few times. Talking, I they guess thirty seven points against that vaunted top ten Oklahoma defense. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just not, I, I, I feel like there's a chance that they just they really control, points. control the, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I guess you're ah, whatever. Fine. You know what? That's your, your, a good your bet to make. Defense. I'm staying away. I just don't, I don't trust Iowa state that much. I like, to cover I, I, that. I, I think that's an easy bet. I, I say bet against Kansas every week. They're not covering any spreads. Um, but quick, throw out a number Clemson, Kansas game. How, how big is that spread? What are the points? Clemson, Kansas. Um, yeah, forty-eight. <laughs> I say it's in the fifties. You think so? Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's fifties. That'd be wild. I mean, we did just see forty-six for Syracuse, uh, Clemson, which was last week. Which was that's true. I should have. I should have read that one. Syracuse, for some reason, is always Clemson's kryptonite. They always play them tough. So forty-six yeah. was free money. Um, but oh well, uh, missed that one. So. Uh, let's see uh, another interesting game here. Texas A&M, Arkansas, because again, Arkansas has been a tough out this year. They've been a good team. Uh, Texas A&M has been meh, but uh, what, do, what do you got on that one? 12 and a half point favorites for Texas A&M. Um, yep. It is in College Station. I'm going to go A&M there. I, I think I might actually pick that one um, in terms of adding it to my card. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Com- consider me uh, an Arkansas doubter. Sorry, Arkansas. Um, but I'm I'm going with a uh, and here. What about you? Uh, I, I, I mean, I kind of want to keep riding the Arkansas train until it runs out of gas here. Uh, what has Texas A&M showed me? Not much in my opinion. I, I haven't they seen beat Florida. Okay. They beat Florida, uh, at home. Okay. And they, beat, I, they thought, missed, I thought that was an impressive win. That's an impressive win, but not enough for me to say like, "Oh my God, they're twelve. They're two scores better than Arkansas." I guess I, I like I, especially yeah, at night. No, that's a decent, especially yeah. at night. Again, it's Halloween. You gotta remember that, Gilly. Weird things are gonna happen this week. <sighs> Keep dogs are 
dogs are favorites. I if, have I been have I have I been wrong when I call for a weird nights and weird things? I was right about Iowa State. You called Chestnut Hill, uh, and I agreed with you on that. <laughs> I can tell when there's going to be a weird night in college football. I, like my bones start aching, um, and I can. I mean, it's going to be weird. I'm, I, I like Arkansas on that one. I think it's a big. Uh, you're probably right. I, I'll, I'll flip on that one because I'm looking at it too. Realistically, I think it was a two-week difference in time um, between these two teams playing Mississippi State. Um, Arkansas won 21 to 14, famously uh, in the game that I took Mississippi State as 18-point favorites. We won't need to talk about that any further. Um, and then two weeks later, um, A&M beat Mississippi State uh, 28 to 14. So, uh, just a seven-point difference there in terms of. Right. Uh, so that's granted. I know Mississippi State is an interesting situation because it's a new coach, new system, the air raid offense there. But um, but yeah, no, you're probably right. That that might be a stay away. I don't really believe. I don't want to believe in Arkansas. I think that's my my biggest issue. I just I kind I believe in them. They they've won it's me. It's like over betting in Marshall to me. I would argue I just, Texas A and M plays up or down to their competition this year. They're that team. Yeah, I mean, it being at home is what made me kind of interested in it. True, and it, and it's going to be pretty much sold out. Texas A and M, Florida game. Uh, yeah, they that's... they don't think they they don't understand there's a national pandemic going on. <laughs> they pay uh, it no mind. If they don't care, uh, which could change things, but uh, I like. Uh, and it's also like I seventy-two like... and sunny. That's like perfect weather. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I, yeah, I, true. Uh, how about another one that like both teams are very underwhelming, and we can't really put a. Uh, we can't figure out what we're seeing every week out of them. Auburn hosting LSU uh, afternoon kick uh, LSU three point favorites on the road. That is the definition of a stay far away. In my opinion, <laughs> um, that's just like, the, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know loser. You don't bet on the rest of the year. That's, that's my takeaway there uh, from that game, but that's tough. I, um I think, I think you kind of go with, I don't even know. I don't even like Auburn. I wanted to say Auburn, but it, the words couldn't come out of my mouth. Um, it, it just pained, it pained me to do. Uh, maybe I'll lean LSU because at the same time, I, I do have a tough time expecting them to totally really fall off the grid in terms of like a total collapse um, following a, uh, a national championship the way they won it last year. So I, granted, obviously, they're, they're not really a good team, to be honest with you. They're probably at best going to be 500 because they still have yet to play Bama still have A&M which I mean maybe A&M plays down to them maybe they have a puncher's chance um and then Florida I think those are three easy losses they also have Ole Miss Arkansas and uh and Auburn is the other game um so I don't know I'll take LSU but I don't feel good about it as three-point favorites um I'm looking at it right now LSU has won the last three matchups in this one uh, but they have all come within a single score, 23 to 20 last year in Baton Rouge, by the way. And remember, that was uh, with arguably one of the best teams in uh, college football history. LSU 22, 21 the year before that at, in Auburn and then 27, 23. And Auburn then won uh, the year before or in 2016 is last time they won 18 to 13. Uh, so it's a rivalry game. I did. I mean, it's at home for Auburn uh, plus three. I, I'm having a hard time picking against a home dog there, uh, so I'm going. I'm kind of rolling Auburn in that one. Interesting. No, that's yeah. You think you'll actually touch that one or no? I might just talk myself into it. Yeah, 
Uh, okay. I like okay. a home underdog like Auburn against a team like LSU that we just, we, I mean, it, it, that game could go so many different ways too. So I know, uh, but do you think LSU is going to finish with a, uh, like a, I don't even know. I guess at that point it sure. would be what a three and um, eight record, three and seven, maybe. Remember, L- this is LSU that lost to Mississippi State. I know, Mississippi but still, I, I at the same time, it's it's one of those things though where it's like it's almost like um, every once in a while it happens. North Carolina in basketball is a good example of this. But some of those programs, even when they fail, they don't fit, they don't really fall flat on their face. You know what I mean? Especially coming off a, a national title. No, I know. Well, I'm just saying that that's an example of it actually happening where it's like, oh, shit, they're actually below 500 and look awful. Um, I don't know. That, that's why I'm kind of holding out hope for LSU. But you could be right. I like Auburn. Home team. They do have a crowd there that makes a, a big difference, even if it's just a few people. Um, all right, let's you know what I get? Yeah. Wait, one game I do like. Another okay. uh, top 25 game. I like this. I might do this as a little tea. Ah, no, I won't tease it. I'll just do a parlay. Um, but BYU, 29 point favorites against Western Kentucky. It's in Provo, so in Utah. I like that for BYU. And I like the over of 52 and a half points. Um, you, like over, I don't, you like over under. I never touch over unders. I don't know. I just can't. I have a hard well, time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm into I, that. I, I, I'm into point spreads, honestly. I can't do over-unders. Speaking uh, of which, one other oh, – I mean, you're not going to care, I guess, if you're not a fan of over-unders, but Mississippi State-Bama this week. Um, Bama favored by 31 points, but the over-under of 63.5 is kind of interesting. For two teams that have um, high-octane offenses um, and two. pretty much pretty questionable defenses kind of on both parts, obviously Bama's defense two teams. by and far – Better than uh, better than Mississippi State, but it's not the Bama defense that, uh, of years past. That's my point. Mississippi State scored forty four points week one. Since then, against Arkansas, Kentucky, and Texas A and M, they have put up thirty in three. Yeah, games. but they got it in them. They got it in them. That's no, that. mean high octane. I could well, see. I, no, I could. Air see raid that. offense is capable of that. That's all I mean. And I that was against see. LSU coming up. Oh, come on, you you got to give them credit there. They're capable of that, at least. The only way I see that happening is if Alabama covers it all on their own. If they went oh, like 65 to 3. Oh, come on. That's the only that... way I see it. That, no, there's no shot. Uh, you already outed yourself. Points. You're not an over-under guy, so I don't want to hear it now. I, am, I regret I, asking I, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've been faking tasks over here, but I'm just saying I don't uh, – <laughs> I. No, I don't like the over. I don't like the over for that game. The only way that happens is if Bama does it all on their own. Um, Mississippi State's not scoring more than ten points in that game. Uh, let's finish it up with the game of the week. Uh, game day is there. Uh, game day is going to be at Augusta. That'll be fun. That'll be awesome. Uh, Ohio State, Penn State, twelve points for the Buckeyes. I like Ohio State in that one. To be honest with you, I was close to making them my lock. I think uh, I, you know what, they were on my short list for a lock as well. Uh, but I, I, I do like that as well. I don't think 12 points is enough, especially seeing what we just saw from Penn State. I think they're, uh, they're kind of one, I don't know, they, they're not too far away from spiraling a little bit. And granted, they have a relatively easy rest of the season schedule. Um, Michigan, they don't get to play uh, Wisconsin. So I think after this, Michigan is their only ranked opponent the rest of the year in that short and Big Ten season. They do have to face, although we'll see if they face Nebraska in a, in a couple weeks. 
Um, but yeah, no, I like Ohio State a lot in that one. Realistically, I think I'll add what that I one. Will say is for a twelve point spread, the last time Ohio State would have covered that total was back in two thousand and fifteen. Um, it's been a close rivalry ever since that. Uh, in the last few years, Penn State won sixteen. Uh, we all remember that one, the block kick that they returned for a touchdown. Um, Ohio State's won the last three in a row, but 39-38, that wild comeback by JT Barrett um, in Columbus at the Horseshoe. 27-26, Ohio State beat Penn State in 18, and last year 28-17. Uh, they won by 11, but arguably that was a better, even better Ohio State team last year, but you could also argue it was a better Penn State team last year as well. So um, I, I feel like maybe we're, we're – we're punishing Penn State too much for a, a, a loss at Indiana. Like I said, I think Indiana is better than people give them credit for. And I think that for Penn State was a look-ahead game. I think they were looking ahead to Ohio State um, in in last week's game against the Hoosiers. But uh, I still like Ohio State at 12. I know the, the stats point opposite with this rivalry as of late. Um, but I like I liked what I saw out of Justin Fields last week. He was just too good. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. I think uh, I think Ohio State is the way to go. I you just it's tough to put any um, any backing behind Penn State after losing to Indiana. And granted, like you said, Indiana is probably better than people give them credit for. But um, but yeah, yeah. So uh, that does it. Uh, have fun on Halloween this year, everybody. Uh, one scary stat I will leave you with: if you're a Husker fan listening to this. Nebraska has the same record against Wisconsin that they do against Texas, four and ten. If that's not a sobering thought, anyways, that's we don't get that on Halloween. We don't get to try to make that any better. So um, that sucks. Uh, my Halloween's gonna blow. But anyways, like you're gonna said, be just sitting there in your little vampire costume, just yep. sitting sadly on the couch. <laughs> that's that's how I envision it at this point. You just, I don't know, uh, yeah, wallowing play in sadness. NCAA on the Xbox, uh, Nebraska, Wisconsin, be like, this was what would happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but no, have a happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, thanks for, for tuning in. And uh, we will see you next week uh, in the wonder of it all. Let the Foxwoods jingle take you away. See you, everybody. Take a chance, make it happen. Pop the cork, finger snapping. Spin the wheel, round and round we go. Life is good, life is sweet. Grab yourself a front row seat and let's meet and have a ball. Yeah, let's live for the wonder of it all. Paradise. Lucky seven, cut yourself a piece of heaven. You and me, we can have it all. Living large, get on board. This is it, it's your reward. Let's meet where the trees are standing tall. Me at Foxwoods. Foxwoods.